0: The fortune-making spirit of today's Marketplace, The Rob Black Show. Good morning. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I guess I'm living in the world of podcasts, so I should stop saying good morning, huh? Good 24-7 to you. Yesterday was another good day. Stocks continue to gain after another wave of bullish earnings reports rolled through Wall Street. Coca Cola and Johnson Johnson were big winners yesterday, but the NASDAQ, the S&P, the Dow, Bitcoin 10 year, Coca Cola all saw gains. Coca Cola is a Dow Jones industrial average stock. And there's people in this industry, kind of like me, who say, I don't really care about the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's an index of 30 stocks, and if I were to say something, I'd probably say it along the lines of it's kind of like my daddy's index, and I want nothing to do with my daddy. It's a little too old school. Starting yesterday, not being vaccinated for for COVID-19 in France is like not drinking your morning coffee. Life will be worse without it. President Emmanuel Macron announced measures last week, ultimately tied towards, uh, what is it, large entertainment and cultural venues, museums, sports arenas, movie theaters will require proof of vaccination or a negative test for COVID-19 negative test. So now it's starting to say, you know, you got to be vaccinated. Um, It's angered a lot of people. You think the United States knows how to protest? The French know how to protest. 100,000 people hit the streets saying the vaccine rules infringed on their rights. But it also spurred vaccines, which is the interesting point of it, I think. The country set a single day record for shots administered after Macron said if you don't have a vaccination card, you don't go to movies, you don't go to restaurants. 1.7 million people scheduled a vaccine. Instantly within 24 hours, and they had a record number on Friday get the shot. That's pretty interesting to me. I, I think it's job well done. But again, it's showing you the world is still very, very much so divided. There's been a lot of earnings. This is the second week of earnings, and this is going to be the probably the greatest earnings quarter on a year-over-year basis, probably, knock on wood, of your lifetime. When I say lifetime, I'm going to say age 20 to 60. I'm exaggerating a bit. Maybe there'll be one or two others. But the reason it's year-over-year year fantastic is because last year was so bad. And very rarely are we get two extremes of so good and so bad put back-to-back on a year-over-year basis. GOP congressman, the congressman, Kevin Brady, said there is no way Republicans will support passing a $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill. If there's any indication, it's going to be linked to the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. There's lots of chatter right now about mask mandates possibly returning on local, state, and federal levels. To help fend off the Delta variant. There's a lot of news at that digest right now. The news cycle is heavy. Since Monday's lows... Just this week, this is crazy. The Russell 2000 is up 6%. The Nasdaq Composite up 3.2%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 3.1%. The S&P 500 is up 3. It's been an amazingly violent movement on the markets this week. Companies like at and American Airlines, Biogen, Blackstone, Crocs, CSX, Donahue, Dow, DR, Horton, Domino's Pizza. Pizza is still a big business. Fifth third, New Corp, Union Pacific, all had positive earnings. What's interesting about this earnings report, and again, that that's a really wide swath of companies. You got a couple train companies, a couple retail, airline, telecommunication, home builders, steel companies. Typically, if a steel company reports a good quarter, it's saying, Hey, people are making stuff. A lot of the companies that are reporting great earnings though. they're kind of saying we don't really know about next quarter because Delta variant is out there. That's why we keep talking about it. Oh boy, there's a a juicy one out there now. Initial jobless claims. You've been fired. Go claim unemployment, you bum. Initial jobless claims came in above 400,000. We really want it to stay below 400,000 for a long period of time. That would tell you that we're not firing people that the economy is working. I heard a great quote yesterday, and it's as soon as it is approved by compliance, I'll, I'll see if I can't post it. Um, the quote was, it's a lot easier to reopen an economy than to shut down an economy. Play with that in your head for just a minute. And that's why the jobless claims are so important. That's why creating jobs is important. Looking at the Jolts report right now is kind of, it's on the radar. It shouldn't be a surprise right now that the stock market is carrying with a little bit of rebound vigor. Is there a phrase spit in vigor? Something like that. But that's what Wall Street has right now. It's like, it's in workout mode and it's going higher. But, it seems like it's always in workout mode, just not this feisty. So those are the stories right now. Earnings are great, but there's questions about Delta. Then we get into the uh, financials and how they're reacting to interest rates. Stocks have opened mixed today. Technology sector is outperforming. Taking a look at some of the other stories of note today. I said France took a stance. That's pretty interesting. Here's an area that I'm woefully unprepared to chat about, but it keeps coming up as far as financial stories. The opioid settlement. I am lucky enough to not know anyone who has died of an overdose. I know that a lot of Americans struggle with opioid prescriptions. Um, my only exposure to opium was once traveling Europe, got off a train, and a guy said, you want some opium? And it looked like a fudge brownie, and it was in uh, aluminum foil. And I was like, No. I thought it looked disgusting. (laughs) I didn't even think about the drug angle of it. It was like, no. But attorney generals released a tentative $26 billion settlement. Companies like McKesson, Cardinal Health, and Amerisource Bergen are paying $21 billion of it over 18 years. Johnson & Johnson, a drug manufacturer accused of downplaying the addictiveness of opioids, is going to shell out $5 billion over nine years. This is an interesting Wall Street story because you go – 26 billion dollars in settlements that's gonna kill these companies sadly it's not even close when you see france find someone like facebook it's a drop of a drop of water in a bucket we got to figure out a way of punishing companies better because it's not fines Hey, everyone, I'm Rob Black. You find me at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. In good news, women are now 29% of U.S. Board of Directors in 2020. That's up from 19% in 2014. I don't know the quote, but it's something like, men created the earth, women refined it. I think we could use more women in board positions. I think we could use more people with colorful skin in board positions. Here's a stock story that I want to share with you. Do you remember getting your first iPhone or your first Google phone and you're like, whoa, $300, and you did everything you could not uh, to dent it, to scratch it, to nick it, to drop it, and then sure enough, it falls. And you're like, don't hit the ground. And just like that, it has a little chip in it, right? A couple weeks later, the whole screen's cracked. You start getting angry. You go, Hurr. And then you hear on a show like mine, hey, did y'all hear about Corning? They've got something called Gorilla Glass. It's unbelievably strong glass. It is almost unbreakable unless you throw a brick at it or a bullet. So Corning's got Gorilla Glass and they keep coming up with these new materials a little bit better, a little bit better and a little bit better. Gorilla Glass is probably on its seventh generation formula already. It's hardened glass that has been widely used for mobile phone displays. Steve Jobs once was presented an iPhone Build that wasn't ready for prime time because it had a plastic screen. He goes, No, this will scratch. He wanted glass. The new gorilla glass case gives the glassmaker a chance to get a large slice of component budgets for high end smartphones, providing the layer of glass on the outside of phone cameras. So now not only are the front of your screen, they're on the back of your screen. Gorilla Glass for mobile phone cameras is going to be first adopted by Samsung. It's pretty interesting how Samsung and Apple go back and forth. And I'm not going to use the word literally. Literally. It seems like Samsung does more of the innovation now. Cordian's Gorilla Glass composites not only provide mobile device cameras, lens covers, with enhanced scratch resistance and durability, But they also improved optical performance. Whoa, that's pretty cool. So if you take a look at Corning, you would think, I bet they've got growth. Because didn't Rob say initially the very first iPhone, we all had one and we all coddled it like a baby? Oh, baby, you're so cute, baby. And then we dropped it. We were seriously bummed. I'm not going to say depressed. But Corning... Their glass business isn't big enough to move the stock because it's one of the stocks that I like for the long term, but I never really like it for the short term. It's one of those slow-going grinders. But if you were to go back to 1999, party like it's 1999, you know what's great about that song? is Wall Street was partying in 1999. And Prince wrote that years and years and years before. So he knew my industry was gonna have a party and that I play that song again and, again and again and again and again. Corning in 1999 went from $17 a share to $109 a share. It was a story stocking, you know what the story was? You know those super expensive phone devices that we're starting to buy? We now have a glass that is scratch protected. You can't break this puppy. And in a one-year period, the stock went from $17, $18 all the way up to 109 We got speculative. We got a little bit, for lack of a better word, frothy. Now, what's – what? oh, for the record, it's back down to 40 So it went from 17 it explodes in less than a year. It looks like the Empire State Building to 17 to 109. And it goes from 109 all the way to $6. Now, you can take a look at something like an AMC and you can see a very similar chart that looks like an Empire State Building where this puppy went from, where was it on March 22? $10 a share. Boom. Then it's $60 a share. Now it's $38 a share. I think in the end, it's going to go back towards 10. Maybe not. Maybe they did get a little oversold. Maybe the company did a good thing by raising some cash when it was looking like the Empire State Building. But it became a story stock. It became momentum. That momentum should be gone now. Not completely. But as we reopen our economy, what models are going to stick, what models are not going to stick. When we have a box office year, like 2018, you'll make a case for owning AMC and you'll say, uh, I like where it's going. It's, it's trying to get more people in with alcohol and with big luxury recliners. But right now you're just like, it's surviving. And that's never good enough. In the long term, in the short term, absolutely. But in the long term, Never. So watch out for story stocks. I just gave you a great story with Corning and Gorilla Glass, and I compared it to AMC. In the end, AMC is going to be a long-term success or failure. But for the second quarter of 2021, boy, was it fun. It's like going to Paris in spring when you're 22 years old and you have a credit card. Just throwing that down there. Domino's. 30 minutes avoid the noid. Do you remember that ad campaign? Davonize used to give you a free pizza. It was longer than 30 minutes. And then they had a driver basically run someone over so they can no longer give a free pizza. If it was under 30 minutes. So they had to say $3 off your next order. Maybe it's $3 off at the door, but don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. I like to say, but their stock is rising. It was the perfect, perfect pandemic play. Uh, I knew it was going to be. I saw it, and I didn't own it. It just—I'm not a perfect pandemic play kind of guy. But if you go back uh, about a year ago, it was $290 stock, and it's now 519 so it's more than doubled. And what do they make? Pizza 2.0? We got a lot of pepperoni pizza. We got two pepperoni. They're not making anything that they haven't been making for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. There's no pizza 2.0 or pepperoni 3.1. Domino's earned $116 million last quarter. Revenues rose 12% year-over-year. If your sugar boater would come home today and say, honey, we're going to pay more taxes this year because I am got a 12% raise, you'd be like, "Oh, sweet, you're my man, you're my hero. 12% raises are pretty impressive. Domino's opened its 18,000 outlet earlier this year. 18,000 of those things around the world. And every good Italian-blooded American who makes pizza for a living rolls in their grave when they hear that Domino's has 18,000 stores. Find me online at robblackshow.com. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. So this time tomorrow morning, you can play Hooky from work, stay at home. Oh, yeah, you're already at home working. Well, let's just say you can turn on your television to watch the Olympic opening ceremony. It's turning into the anger games. Not the Hunger Games, but the anger games. You know what I look at the Olympics and see? A $20 billion bust. Why would any country other than the United States ever want to host the Olympics? Maybe France. You have to have a really, really good infrastructure. And you can't be building things like fencing stadiums that won't be used long after the the foils have been retired. Japan is expected, wanted, desired an economic windfall. Instead, what they're going to get is the disgruntled populace that wants nothing to do with it and wants it all to go away. Toyota Motor earlier this week said that it's not going to run any ads in Japan tied to the Olympics. Toyota's like the bread and butter ace sponsor. They're Japan's most valuable company. They're global Olympic sponsor. For them to say we're out, it tells you this Olympics is going to be a bust financially speaking. And Japan's going to wonder, why did we ever want this here? For U.S. audience, members like myself, yeah, I'll probably turn on the TV a little bit here and there. Am I excited? No. My producer, Drew, talked about the American women's soccer team they lost in their first game. Pretty humbling, sound defeat. People were in America were cheering for it like it's anti-American. Aren't those the ladies that didn't like Trump? Aren't those the ladies that protested? We don't like protests. I'm glad they lost. That's the voice that we're hearing right now. For the record, I enjoy the women's national soccer team. It's pretty good soccer. It's not as fast or as violent as male soccer. So it's a pretty beautiful sport, the way that ladies play. For U.S. audiences... It seems like it's going to be underwhelming for the advertisers, for sure. Uh, the Olympic rings used to be associated with Super Bowl quality sponsorship. Um, if you were a company and you sponsored the Olympics in the Super Bowl and maybe even like the halftime show, you're all that in a bucket of chicken. So Japan is so angry. They don't want the games that their their local hero, Toyota, is pulling out because they don't want to be associated with anger. Those wacky Japanese. I kind of think they're right. I'm not going to be watching the games this weekend and going, oh, look at that. It's a car company. I'll never buy that car again. But I will be watching the Olympics this weekend going, oh, that kind of sucks. There's no one in the stands. This guy just spent his whole life to win a gold medal and no one got to see it in person. Where's his mom and dad? Like the best part of seeing Michael Phelps win the uh, the swimming Olympics, couple things. He's a poipus. He's a human dolphin. In the labs, like we're worried about what China created in the labs for coronavirus, COVID. What the heck did we create in the labs? Michael Phelps, he's part flipper, part man. Hey, flipper. Did Danny fall down down a well? Oh, now I'm confusing Lassie with uh, Flipper. I love those talking animals. So I used to do a show on a national network, and one of the other shows was Talking Pets with John. It wasn't John Cleese, but John somebody. And the number one question he got on his show is, I want to hear your pet talk. He's like no no it's called talking pets. We're going to talk about like how you raise a dog or how you you know go about uh, life with a parrot. People are like I want to hear the parrot talk. You said it's talking pets. Americans aren't very smart across the board. People I love are people that say they went to college and they lasted one semester. Oh I went to college. You didn't go to college. You can't say you went to college if you went for a semester. The Olympics open tomorrow morning, and COVID-19 has got the citizens of, of uh, Japan angry. And, and like I said, if I'm watching commercials tomorrow and I'm watching little opening ceremonies, I'll probably be in a bad mood because I'm like, where's the fans? Where's the love? Why is COVID doing this? And if I see a commercial for In-N-Out Burger, I'll go, I, 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 I'm upset. Like I, I'm So I get what they're doing. Prime Minister Suga, said he was confident that extensive measures to keep the public away will keep everyone safe. And the Japanese are smart enough to say we're still angry. Japan's athletes could change the mood if they get a gold medal or two. It's always nice to see home athletes win. And Japan will probably open their hearts back to the games if the games they don't want in their nation produces a local winner or two. The IOC called Tokyo the best prepared host city in Olympic history. Banners for the games went up around the city and sponsors mapped out marketing plans to cash in on the feel-good factor. And then COVID hit. I have a brother who's a scientist who lives in Japan. And uh, he's kind of a dork. I know you're saying, yeah, I see. That's not going to be too far from you, is it, Rob? And the answer is no, it's not. But he's like, do you want – hey, Rob, do you want uh, – hey, Rob, hey, Rob, uh, do you want some uh, Olympic 2020 Japan Olympic 2020? It's a collector's item because it's no longer 2020, Rob. It's no longer 2020. It's 2021, but it's, it still says 2020. i my God, so I get mix. That was his nickname growing up. The official budget for the Olympics was $15.4 billion. Spending has topped over $20 billion, three times the original forecast of $7 billion. I don't know why nations want the Olympic Games. Greece had them a couple years ago. Do you remember Greece? And NBC was stoked. We get to send uh, the morning crew from the Today Show. They're going to go to the Olympics and we're all going to say, ah, to be on a Greek island of paradise, Crete. Um, the Greeks weren't happy about it. They raised taxes so they could build stadiums. And 10 days after the Olympics were over, the stadiums went into decay because they were never going to be used again. So, it does help restaurants and hotels. They get renovated. But with foreigners not coming, big old expensive mess on the Japanese Olympic uh, Committee sands. Two thirds of Americans play video games. I love the statistic. In large part because it, it goes against everything from our childhood where your dad's like, you play video game, you're going to be stupid. It's going to rot your brain. Well, I, I already said Americans are pretty stupid. They want Talking Pets to actually talk. But 227 million Americans play video games. 80% of video game players are over 18 years old. Drop the mic! Like, no way! Hey! What percentage of video game players are female? 45%. That's a higher number than what popular media suggests, right? In the TV movies. Made for TV movie, a very special edition. Um she had a heart of gold and she was really good at Pac Man. Right? Like no, female gamers are a dime a dozen. No, they, they don't really exist. They're rare. But they're they've actually they're a dime a dozen. They're they're everywhere now. 67% of American adults are players. 76% are children, people under age 18. The average age of video game players is 31 years old. More than half of all gamers play seven hours a week or more. Now, it's kind of interesting to ask because I have a Scrabble game or, I don't know, some sort of word puzzle game on my phone. And I hit it up every day. Oh, you know what I do have on my phone that I use every day? I'm not going to tell you about my phone. That's just getting weird. Um, But video games are very much so grown up. 227 million Americans say they play video games. Up from 214 million last year. Parents are letting their kids play video games a little bit more than often. So... um, Roblox? I think, is the investment store here. Or if you want to, you can go Xbox or PlayStation. They're a little more mature. They're a little more diverse. I think Sony has to be acquired at some point in time. Too small of a player with too good of a console. Just my opinion. A lot of new video games coming out this year that are going to be big hits. Metroid Dread, Guardians of the Galaxy, Halo Infinite, this year's edition of Call of Duty. (laughs) I said duty. (laughs) I still love being me. So which one are you more likely to do this weekend and have pleasure? Watch the Olympics and be angry because there's no fans and you're pissed? Or play a video game? He's the video game winner. Americans have found our diversions. You can find me, speaking of diversions, at Rob Black Show. I've got a website with we a lot of good web downloadables. Check out the website. Give me some feedback if you will. please. You may have to refresh your browser. It's at Rob Black Show at RobBlack.com. I'm Rob Black. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to Hipster Radio. I love those streams. They're a different type of consumer than I was. Uh, this is what I do for a living. I look where the money's being spent. And do you remember a couple years ago, like 2016, 2015, there was like a lot of beard grooming commercials on television? It was because of bands like the Lumineers who had really cool looking hip beards person who cut my hair, which is embarrassing because I've got like maybe 60% of my hair follicles left. Don't really need someone cutting cut it if you know what I'm saying. But I do like having my head touched and chip-chopped around. Um, She told me like, Rob, it's great that men care about the hair and we're buying for styling products. I'm like, I know because you charge a lot of money for a haircut. Um, but the hipsters, they... If they could sell Beard product and they could sell Warby Parker, you can see where the money is, right? I hope you can. Anyhow and anyway, let's move forward with some thoughts of the day. Catalytic converter theft is on the rise. And the police have one solution for you. Park where it's lit or in your own garage. I'm like, really? Catalytic converters. Um... We need to make it illegal to buy used catalytic converters and then people will stop, in theory, stealing them because they're not melted down or anything like that. It's an expensive after market price and there's money in reselling of them. There should be crime in reselling of them. I'm tired of the Jeff Bezos story. I'm not going to do it. Let's talk a little bit about Apple. Apple isn't hoarding cash because preparing for an apocalypse. They literally cannot distribute it fast enough. They have so much cash. Cash is not trash. Cash is an asset. Over the last five years, they've spent a quarter of a trillion dollars buying back stocks and increasing their dividends. Are they a big company? Uh Uh-huh. They're a very big company. They've spent a quarter of a trillion dollars Buying back shares and dividends. Go right down 250 billion, and you're like, whoa, we really do buy a lot of these products, don't we? If you take a look at their balance sheet, they've got 195 billion in cash and cash equivalents right now. They have 195 billion. Is that ammo for future buybacks? Sure. Is that ammo for future dividends? Yeah. Is that ammo for R&D? Yeah. If the world goes to heck in a handbasket, do they have enough cash to write it out and pay every employee for three years? Yeah. They're pretty well stocked. I bring that up um, because the amount of money they have in cash is bigger than 90% of companies. Like, that's huge. That's how enviable they are to others. U.S. jobless claims show a surprise gain well above expectations. I think that's kind of a bit of a drag today. The total represents gain from the previous week when we were under 400,000 at 368,000. Now we're at 419,000. It is showing you, and I, I, I got this quote yesterday, that Opening an economy is a lot tougher than shutting down an economy. Doctors are urging caution, traveling to the U.S. again. Wait, 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 traveling here? That's right. The world thinks we're a hotbed right now. Stocks are losing steam today. What a weird week. Monday, disastrous. Just the print numbers were gross. So go back to bed. Nothing's happening on Wall Street. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, we got it all back. It's a like a bad pop song from the 80s. It's your way back. Stocks are losing a little bit of steam. And from what I can see from politicians, 2022 is an election year. Don't forget. And as we get closer and closer to November, about six months out, Wall Street's going to show you who wins. You're going to start seeing the reflection in maybe healthcare stocks, maybe marijuana stocks. But the the fighting ground to get us there of who's gonna control the Senate, Republicans and Democrats will know, pretty much so by March or April of 2022. And that's not too far off. Both parties are gonna to try to turn inflation into their advantage in the coming weeks and months in commercials and ad- political advertising. Uh, You'll probably hear some Bruce Springsteen music about, you know, America. So that'll be on the agenda on Wall Street. Existing home sales bounced back in June. Home prices rose. It's more of the same. Inventory is, that's the number that I go straight towards right now. Two and a half months supply. Last year, at this time, we had a 3.9-month supply, so it's not quite half. But it's a pretty alarming number of very few homes for sale. Um, they say on Tinder that like, the power swipes get 95% of the swipes, and most of them are women. <laughs> like The men are just so diverse to women when the power there is in the women. To me, the power is in that two-and-a-half-month supply. There's not enough inventory. So if you want a home, and let's say there's three there's three people competing against a home for me, I'd rather have a 10-month supply and lots of homes sitting there to choose from than a two-and-a-half-month supply. So the idea is if we don't put any more homes up for sale, we'll sell out of all homes in two-and-a-half months. When that number gets above six months of inventory? Creates a buyer's market because there's plenty when it gets below three months. Anything under six to me, anything under four is really hot. But that's when it's a seller's market, they have the demand, they have the control. Yeah, hey, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, at Rob Black Show. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com.